Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Well, it's amazing that we've been producing this show for one year. This is our one-year anniversary. And uh, I can't thank you enough, all you out there who are listening and praying for our program. It means so much. And we enjoy producing this program and preaching the gospel and giving an opportunity for people to receive Christ as their Savior. And I hope that you enjoy this program as much as we enjoy making it. And stick around in the year to come. We're going to introduce some new elements into the program, and we pray that it would go out and reach people in their homes. People who are living in darkness would see a great light and receive Christ and hear the gospel preached and grow in knowledge of the scripture, who God has made them to be, and in practical Christian living. So please enjoy this message as Dr. Stevens here is preaching in 1995 about Abraham. Three days, they come to the base of the mountain and the pile of wood and all the things necessary are taken from the beast of burden and put upon Isaac. And he has to climb the mountain with a pile of wood and with that that would execute the sacrifice. See, it had to be Isaac. Abraham didn't do it. Abraham could have done it. Abraham didn't do it. We have the fellowshipping of the father and the son while the beast of burden was carrying the load of sin. Then we have the transfer from the, from the beast of burden. That's transferring the burden that we carry to the base of Calvary where he takes the burden of sin. And we've been there when we've seen where he climbs up the hill of Calvary, Golgotha. And Abraham's son had to climb up the mountain with the burden of the pile of wood. And that that would execute the sacrifice, he had to carry it. The beast of burden no longer carried it. The beast of burden was free to eat, free to drink, free to relax. And the beast of burden never had to carry a single thing back home free to roam as he would, as he needed to. Every single sin was placed upon Jesus Christ, not just some of them, and the beast of burden was free. And as the load was placed upon Jesus Christ, finally Isaac said, where is the lamb? We've got the wood, and we've got the fire. Now, fire is interesting. First, we have the fire of Abihu and Nadab in Leviticus 10. But with that fire, there was no sacrifice. So they were killed. Then we have the fire of Sodom and Gomorrah. Often fire means condemnation, judgment. Other times it means to command and to bless. But it always means condemnation. Hebrews 12:29 The Lord Jesus Christ is a consuming fire. But whenever there's a sacrifice with the fire, it's beautiful. It's commendable because it means the fire of the Holy Spirit consuming our judgment through Jesus Christ. So here we have a fire, but with the fire we have a sacrifice. Where is the lamb? Answer Actually, a beautiful, precious answer. God will provide 
the sacrifice. So Isaac is ready to be offered up. So, so uniquely that Abraham comes down to kill him. Perfect obedience. No rationalization. No wavering why. Because Abraham heard from God and his faith had grown into such an obedience and such a maturity that he didn't have one single doubt. And I'm positively sure he thought, if I do kill him, God will resurrect him. But God cries out, but did you notice that Isaac was silent? And other than saying, where is the lamb, he was silent. And so was Jesus Christ, God's only son, silent. As he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. His soul was silent. Abraham, Abraham, don't do it. I just wanted your son to be in a place of death. That's what I want for every person. Jesus did the dying. He did the shedding of blood. I only want the believers to be in the place of death. I want their death to be identification. I want them to understand that they are to be in the place of death with faith obedience to the cross, the place of burial, and the place of resurrection. And that's all I want to teach you, Abraham. And you did pass the test. And then there was the ram in the thicket, innocent ram, and the ram became the sacrifice. There has to be a sacrifice. Number two, there has to be a shedding of blood. Number three, there has to be faith toward Jesus Christ. And then there has to be a faith totally in his resurrection and ascension. When the high priest went into the Holy of Holies once a year, that also was a picture of Jesus Christ's resurrection and ascension also. As he went into heaven with his resurrection and ascended into heaven, and then he was entered into his succession, which is being seated at the right hand of God. And that's what succession means. So we have the Father and the Son but while this was going on, two servants stood a little ways back, picturing the two thieves on the cross. When the Holy Spirit pictures and teaches a lesson, he does an excellent job. Brought the two servants, but they stood afar off. They weren't the main issue. Isaac was the type of Christ. The ram was the sacrifice. They went home. There was no wood on the beast of burden. And Isaac lived such as in Romans 6.13. And that verse says very beautifully, we live as someone that has been raised from the dead. And Isaac went home with the fruit of righteousness in Romans 6.17, a servant to righteousness, and as somebody that had been literally raised from the dead. So he was planted in the likeness of Jesus' death and raised in the likeness of Jesus' resurrection and walked in the newness of the Holy Spirit in Romans 7, 6. In Galatians 5, 16, he walked in the Spirit. Well, Sarah will see Isaac, of whom they waited all those years. The fellowship was so sweet on the way back. Three days they went. Three days it took to get back. The beast of burden was happy. 
just like we are happy when the burden of sin is transferred to our Isaac at Calvary. And the beautiful picture of this story is Jesus Christ, through our identification with his death and burial and resurrection, so deeply wants to teach us that the yoke is easy and the burden is very light. When you think it over, the yoke was easy because Jesus did the dying and the burden was light. The fellowship was as free as could be. The sacrificial ram had been offered. No wood on the beast of burden. And it's a beautiful story. And I want to say this. The beast of burden could go anywhere on the way home. If he saw, if he needed water, he could go in between trees, in between clusters of growth, because there wasn't a thing on his back. He could go and eat some grass. He was free as he could be, without anything burdening him down. Because we have this great picture that if we really realized it, in John 8:36. When we know the truth in verse 32, it sets us free. When we continue in it, it makes us disciples. But when we know the Son, it makes us free. Freedom from burdens, freedom from cares, and freedom from false burdens. Freedom from the burden of wrong decisions, free from the burden of wanting to do something that is wrong, but still wanting to do it because you won't surrender to the death. We must enter into the lightness of his death. Sometimes you want some of us to help you before you die. And you think we don't care because we won't help. You know that's true. I do. I've been watching this for 42 years, going on 43 Somebody said to me today in a letter, they said, I'm having bad thoughts. I have for ages. What do I do? Just what the Bible says. I don't have anything to add to it. Been in the ministry 20 years. Just do what the Bible says. Bring every thought in obedience to Christ. Cast it down. Hate it. Be filled with the Spirit. I don't have anything else to say this noon. I can't give that person another provision. The Bible has told him what to do, and he's heard it scores of times. If you're living sin, stop. Now, that's all I can say. I mean, I, I can't give you any magic formula today. It's just repent. What's wrong with that? Stop doing what you're doing and change your mind. Endless words that mean nothing, wordless conversations that are redundant because somebody will not die. I'm having a real tough time and I'm really going through something, then die. What's wrong with doing what Jesus said? Bring yourself in the place of death and then you can start selling. Get rid of your false burdens and sell up a stall. Stop living in three dimensions and live in the dimension of resurrection and have a resurrection faith. What's wrong with that this afternoon? They give you a rough time, then die to the rough time. That is, if the Bible's true. If it isn't, then uh, maybe you want Buddha, Mohammed, or be an atheist. The truth is, we have been crucified. We have been buried. We have been resurrected, we have been ascended, we have been seated. Ephesians 2 said. Now, I can't add to that. I'm not going to. I can't change it so it will sound new today. 
That's a historical fact, like your name, like your parents, like what you're doing. It's a fact. But I can tell you this. If you believe it, it'll transform your mind. It'll bring brand new dimension of success in your emotions. It'll give you a free, clear heart. And you'll be able to be effective. Do everything that God says and you won't have to ask why. Believe everything that God said and God will put a period and an amen to your faith. God said, let there be light and there was light. There was no problem with it. I'm going to separate the firmaments and it happened They're here today. I want the grass to grow in vegetation, and it, it took place. I guess I'll create the sun, moon, and stars, and uh, it took place. I want to create the fowl of the air, and it took place. I'm going to take the dust of the earth, breathe in it, make man a living soul. It happened. I'm going to have a seven-day week, and it happened. God said it. Now, if you can't accept the shocking historical reality that everything God says is true, then you're going, you're going to have a turmoil in your emotions, confusion in your mind, and no effectiveness in your sales job. You can mark it down and write it right in your heart. Uh, Paul said in Acts 27:25, I believe it will be as God has said. And Abraham believed that Isaac would be the promised seed of the Messiah. He would come through Isaac. Therefore, he couldn't kill him. It would do away with Genesis 3.15. So if I kill him, God will raise him up. God condemned our sin on Christ. He was crucified, and we live in a co-crucifixion, a co-burial, and a co-resurrection, retroactive 2,000 years ago. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. Romans 6, starting in verse 2. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Colossians 2, starting in verse 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. When we speak here, we're Easter, we're celebrating the, the cross on Good Friday, and then Easter celebrating the, the resurrection, but sandwiched in between is the burial. And we saw that picture so wonderfully, that this identification with the death, burial, and 
resurrection of Jesus Christ, that it is the heart of our spiritual life. That, And we understand death. We understand it's been talked about very much and taught. The death of Christ, the blood of Christ shed for the remission of sins. Death was necessary because of sin. Shed blood was necessary as payment for the sins of the world. And that resurrection, that innocence of the God-man, resurrected on the third day, the promise of the Father, came to pass. And in it we have new life. This burial, this identification with the burial of Jesus Christ, what does this mean? Here we're talking about burial and baptism in Colossians 2.12. We are buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. I like that those two images that are opposed to one another there, that comparison that's made. Baptism is a willing act that we participate in. A baptism is talking about something that we do on purpose, showing that we will follow Christ, that we are going forward as disciples, that we recognize the work that he's done in our in our lives, that he's made us clean. And so we are dunked in the waters of baptism, and it's symbolic. That burial, we are buried in baptism as he was buried. Burial is something that you don't participate in. It is not something that you do. The person who's died is buried by others. I love this identification. There's two parts to it, that we in our will submit ourselves to God, that we um, reckon ourselves to be dead, that we go forward with an act of will, and Christ, as he was resurrected from the dead by the Father, we are resurrected. So part of it has to do with us going forward, us mixing faith with the truth. But the actual action of burial is performed by another. We see in our lives and through walking with Christ, there is a death that happens. We willfully die to self. We're brought to a place of decision all the time. And often in our, in our Christian experience, there comes a point in time where I can either operate in faith or I can continue to walk by sight. I can be obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, or I can be, I can submit to that temptation that I'm facing. So I make a decision. I make a decision to die to self. And there's a burial that takes place. There may be a loss. And it may be for a period of time. The death on the cross, that took a period of time. The resurrection, it's hidden from our eyes. We don't see it. The burial was several days. And there's a time in our lives when we've made a decision and there's a space in between before that resurrection life comes. And we operate by faith during that time. And it's it's in that full identification with God. It's dwelling in the grace and mercy of God. During that time when Our old life is buried. Our old decisions are buried. And we're waiting for resurrection, mourning to come. This is very practical for us. And that we continue in the love of God during this time. Galatians 3.27 For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Ephesians 2, starting in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love, 
wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. We understand that burial is for a season. It's for a season. Joy comes in the morning. And we have that expectation of resurrection. Oh, we reckon ourselves to be dead in Christ. We reckon ourselves to be raised with him. And we realize the innocence that comes. That we are innocent now. We have been cleansed. We have been made new by what Christ has done. And that when the burial is over, the burden will be gone. (laughs) Just like that beast of burden carrying the wood. On the way home, there was no more wood to carry. It had been taken off and somehow lost in the burial (laughs) in that journey to the mountain. So we go together. We may carry a burden today, but we will see the ease of being yoked up with Christ in due season. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We experience great mountaintop times with you, great joy and amazing power and resurrection. And we pray for everyone out there who's going through a different time right now, an in-between time. We, we cry out to you and we pray, Lord, we realize what you're doing in our lives. We recognize your work, your hand, your sovereignty in our lives. And we have great expectation of resurrection morning. And we recognize it now, Lord, to you. And we pray you would keep us, Lord, keep us during this time until you, till the sun comes up again in our lives. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. For those of you out there who you don't know Christ as your Savior, He died, He was buried, and He rose from the dead for your sake, for my sake. That the burden of the sins that we all carry, that each one of us carries without Him, would be taken away. Pray a prayer with me, something like this. Lord, come into my life. I want to have a funeral for my old life and start my new life with you. I recognize what you've done for me. You sent your Son to die for my sins. And I pray, Lord, that that would be on my account. I, right now, mix faith with that truth and believe. pray you would come into my life and transform me, make me new. And that a new season of righteousness, joy, and transformation, that I would enter into it. Lord, I pray believing these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed a prayer like that, please contact us. On the website, there are email addresses there, depending on what state in the Midwest you're in. We'd love to hear from you. Continue listening. Follow the links also there. There are great messages and an awesome Bible college you can attend where you can learn the scriptures and grow in your new life. God bless you. God bless the year ahead. Amen.